of the Wrestling Outsiders podcast. I am your host, the one and only, mostly because the world's not ready for a second one, Emerson Whitner, as seen in the acknowledgement section of the death of WCW 10th anniversary, joined as always on the show by my brother, the only person who on the show who's not in the acknowledged section of the death of WCW 10th anniversary edition, my brother, Brian Whitner. Brian, how are you doing this evening? I have a question for you, dear brother of mine. Actually, I, two questions. I hope I have an answer for you. Why can I never intro us into a, a podcast? Because I'm the host of the show. Yeah, but why can't I do it for once? Because you'd screw it up. I would not. How dare you think that of me? I lead the conversation. It. My name is first on the billboard. I'm the what host. Billboard? We have a billboard? Yes, we have a billboard. It's oh, out there. Yeah. It, yeah. I take it out of your pay. Ah, uh, that's why I haven't seen anything. Okay. And so why okay. uh do you want why do you want to intro the show? Why not? Because you seem like you want to say something. Well, obviously, I want to say something. I want to say, you know, I don't want to... I mean, you're there, I don't want to do a show. Obviously, you know, I do want to speak. Wow. Speaking good. Yeah. And second question, how are you acknowledged in the newest edition of the Death of WCW? Death of WCW 10th Anniversary Edition, which, by the way, yeah. is shipping now on Amazon. I purchased it on Monday, used uh, five to eight day shipping, and I got it today. Um, let me pull over my copy here of the hardcover edition, um, page 419, actually. R.D. Reynolds would like to thank uh, a couple people, including all the WrestleCraft crew, including Blade Braxton, Paul Kraft, Justin Henry, and Emerson Whitner. Oh, nice. Well, congratulations, Emerson, on being acknowledged in such a sufficient book of like that, prestige yeah. book. It's a very prestigious book. Um, yes, yes. And, yeah. Would you recommend loyal, the loyal listeners of our show to go buy it? All 25 of them, yes, I do. Um, yes. You know, it is available in both hardcover and paperback, and it is the follow-up to the 2004 uh, original Death of WCW, obviously. And nice, nice, nice. So far, I've gotten, I've read the foreword, and the foreword... Uh, an updated one written by Dave Meltzer is very good. Yes, well, that's good. Yes, and you know, it costs twenty bucks with shipping. And hey, if you ha- shipping, I may buy it. Yeah. If you buy the new Amazon Fire Phone, uh, they're charging ninety nine cents for it with a two year AT and T plan. Oh. Yeah, but you have oh, to you have to have an AT and T plan. Definitely, well, it'll definitely com- worth. It's it. almost worth it, even if you just take the year of Amazon Prime, because it could, yep. includes a free year of Amazon Prime. Hmm. Very good. But we'll get we'll get to that later. Um, yes, yes, I will. Welcome to the show. Five minutes into the show. Um, yeah. I am your host, Emerson. Like we mentioned earlier, you know, got to get some plugs out of the way um, to let you know in advance. Next week, it is our 25th episode ever, and so we're going to yes. uh, review the 25th ever WWE pay-per-view, which just so happens to be one of the best ones ever. 
SummerSlam 92. Nice. And yeah, yes, I literally sat there and counted them out, and I'm like, what a perfect coincidence. It's, it's a coincidence. thing. But you know what else is next week, Brian? What, Emerson? It, it's the go-home show to Podzilla. Uh, Podzilla, Podzilla, Podzilla. That's right. Oi, Podzilla. Oi, oi. i got to get some music going, but I, we don't really have a good song to play in the background while I plug this, but I might as oh, well... Hold on, Emerson, Emerson, Emerson. Uh, going back oh. to your acknowledgement, I see on Facebook that you posted a picture of it. You should be yeah. very proud that they did sell both your first I, and last name right. I, that tr- in trust itself me. is a miracle. Tr- trust me. I'm I'm always amazed by that. Um, so, uh, going to plugs for Podzilla, ladies and gentlemen, it is October 12th. It is going to be a wonderful night. We'll get into it a lot bigger, you know, come next week when we do the go-home show. But last week, we revealed our first guest on that show, Stevie J of AngryMarks.com. And, you know... Stevie frickin' J of AngryMarks.com will be on Podzilla. Yes. You know who else is going to be on the show? The second guest we're going to announce right now. In fact, I just mentioned him. Yep. R.D. Reynolds of WrestleCrap will be on Podzilla October 12th at 9 p.m. Eastern. The other co-author of The Death of WCW. Yes. We had, we had Brian Alvarez on a couple weeks ago. And on live on Podzilla, we bring you R.D. frickin' Reynolds. And actually, at this point, it's been a couple of months ago since we had Brian on the show, Brian. And I, I remember having to somehow do the show without ever calling either of you by your name. Yeah. And it, it was very difficult. And I'm sure it is. As you yes. have such uh, a wonderful playing in the background. Well, I had to get something going there. Um, it, felt perf- it felt appropriate to have music playing. So tonight... Uh, it, oh, by the way, before I get into tonight, um, by the way, our third guest we're going to announce next Wednesday night on the show on the Go Home Show to Podzilla, and then because and once when again, is Podzilla again, Emerson? Sunday night. Listeners? Sunday night, October twelfth, nine p.m. Eastern, eight p.m. Central, head to head with the final two crappy hours of Bound for Glory. And by the way, speaking of Bound for Glory, we're going to talk about Bound for Glory. Bound for Glory tonight, Brian, because they finally announced nice. the card. Dear God, yeah. about time! Yeah, they, they heard that. No, so they heard that we were announcing our guest for the evening, and they're like, "Fuck, we might as well start announcing the card." They already beat us to the punch. Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll go over the match card for the show, and oh boy, it, it's going to be something, Brian. I'll tell you that. Um, but October fifteenth. You know, three days after Podzilla, back to our normal Wednesday night schedule, we're going to have another guest. Uh, And we mentioned this last week, former WWE superstar Antonio, the Promised Thomas, a former heartthrob. If you were an OVW fan, a former heartbreaker. And uh, he's now a trainer and does some shows in the New England area. And he's going to be on the show with us that night. Ah, and beautiful. That's, it's gonna be that's beautiful. the plan. That's the plan for the next two weeks. And we do also, of course, 
have a big guest for our 30th show on October 29th. My that 30th I am still birthday. shaking in my boots for because it's freaking amazing. I think he, uh, he's the biggest name guest we'll have, but I think he's also the smallest guest we've had on a stature. Yeah, that's definitely a pretty short guy. That's yes. definitely the pictures I've seen of him. Yeah. So that's coming up this month, and Brian, uh, we got some Saturday Night's Main Event to review. Unfortunately, yes, we do. But uh, before we really get into that, um, I want to start off by playing a little bit of audio. I've got a whole bunch of Scott Steiner audio clips here to play tonight, but then later tonight, later tonight, I've got an audio clip that I'm going to make Brian giggle like a schoolgirl when I play it later tonight. Oh, I can't wait. It's that awesome. Brian will be giggling. But um, I'm going to start with uh, the first Scott Steiner uh, audio clip. You ready for it, Brian? Yes, I am, Emerson. Go ahead. Threats are part of wrestling, you know. But you got to look at the person that's making the threats. This fat son of a bitch... He's challenged all of us, has been world champions before, been in this business 15, 20 years, and this fat son of a bitch is going to challenge us all out. Calm down, calm down, okay? All right. He's fat! I'm going to... I don't care if he does. I'll make him bleed. Uh, (laughs) He's fat. God damn it, he's fat. He's a fat fuck. You know who he's talking about, right? Nope, who's he talking about? He's talking about Joe. Uh, Joe's gonna kill Eat you. you. <laughs> <sighs> well, he is, imagine... he is fat, according to Scott Steiner, so he just may eat you. You are right, Emerson. I can't imagine he's doing anything. We need to get him on the show, too. Uh, before, <laughs> yeah, no. we get, before we get into more... Do you think he's uh, No. 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 He, uh, he's still technically in TNA. We'll... We'll get to TNA a little bit later here. Uh, But first, we're going to get into... It's two days after Survivor Series 88. It's Saturday night's main event. And we're going to kick the show off with with a championship match, Brian. Oh. The championship uh, match of all championship matches, folks. And like keep keep in mind, this is at a time when you didn't see championship matches on TV all the time. No, you may only never. get them once every couple months on these uh, Saturday Night's Main Event shows. So here we are yes. with the Ultimate Warrior in his first ever Saturday Night's Main Event match, defending the Intercontinental Title against a man who's been training for over seven years for this one match. Yes. That and managed man. by one of the arguably greatest managers of all time, Mr. Um, Fuji. I, I wouldn't say greatest. But arguably. I, I, I said I, arguably I, the greatest. I'd I, I say, say arguably one of the most memorable. I wouldn't say he's one of the greatest. But either way, he's the one and only Super Ninja One. <laughs> I actually have in my, in my notes Super Ninja Two. I apologize. Wow. So you Super Ninja One. And, uh, I fucked up. I fucked up. I fucked up. I fucked up. Did, did Ninja get any offense? I don't think so. Um, no, I think, I think he might have gotten a kick or two. But my my one note for this match is, are you surprised Super Ninja got any offense? I know I am. 
So he must have got something in there. Warrior, it was a, it was almost a five-minute match, and Warrior just beat him for four minutes and 48 seconds of it, and one with the big splash. Uh, Super Ninja yes. 1, by the way, uh, was Rip Oliver. Who? Rip Oliver. Is, uh, Who the fuck well is known Rip Oliver? W- he was a well-known early 90s WCW jobber. Hmm. Okay, then. Yes. Next. Uh, by the way, uh, Ninja should have trained seven more years for this match. He should have, have. I agree. I wrote in my notes, Bobby Heenan was sold to Ted DiBiase. Bobby Heenan was not <laughs> sold to Ted DiBiase. <laughs> you fucked up. You fucked up. You fucked up. Yes. However, uh, Bobby Heenan did sell the contract of Hercules to Ted DiBiase. And because Hercules is a racist, he did not have a problem with when Slick sold his contract to Bobby Heenan. However... Nope. Because he would be under Virgil, another black man, uh, he took this as a reason to flip out and uh, uh, turn babyface in the process. Yes. And yes. He, you think uh, DBS ever got his money back from the brain? Um, probably not. No. Um, but yeah. I, 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 I would like to let you know, Emerson, that I did write more than one note for this match. Uh, for Hercules well, versus two. Virgil. Yeah. What what yeah, you, what'd you write this was a longer I, I, squash match? <laughs> note one, Virgil got in more offense than Super Ninja did. And note two, Hercules hits Lariat after Lariat after Lariat. Well, that was I think he was a Lariat. Uh, he might have. Didn't he have the torture rack, or was that a different match that he had the torture rack That's on? a different match. That was the main event. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay. We'll get to that later. Um, yes. Because I thought I made a note of it, but I'm like, I didn't see it here, so I'm like, what the hell happened to my note about the torture rack? <sighs> <laughs> and uh, the only offense Virgil got was at the beginning, uh, him and Ted double-teamed Herc. But other than that, Herc just whooped him from pillar to post. But Virgil still, and, get, still, still did get more offense than that than Scrimmage did. Yes, he did. So the first two matches were two squash matches, and then yes. we lead... We go next to the WWF Championship match. Macho Man Randy Savage versus Andre the Giant. I know oh, a few yeah. things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Brian Whitner. This is one of the biggest challenges of Macho Man's title reign. Yeah. And he's Guy Ironson, if you are listening, call in to give us your Macho Man Randy Savage impersonation. You are probably better than Emerson's. He's here and he's challenged by Andre the Giant. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, um, what's so funny, bitch? The phone line. Did, did we plug in what? the phone line? The phone to call in. What's the phone number, Brian? Hold on, give me one second. I don't know. <laughs> Brian's the one who calls in on it every single week, and he doesn't know the number. 718-766-4886. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or emotional outbursts, give us a call. And we'll uh, help you out as long as your name isn't Tim from Scranton or Frank from New Jersey or... What the hell was Frank's name the first week? 
Brian, are you still there? Okay, so we lost Brian there. Don't know what the hell happened. But hey, you still have me, and I'm more important. Um, Emerson, you there? Yes, what the hell happened to you? Guy, are you there? Yes, I'm here. What the hell is happening on the air? <laughs> what? Brian, you might want to tell me the next... Hi, Guy. How are you doing? Hey, good, Emerson. How are you? I'm not too bad. Brian suddenly died on the phone line, and I'm like, oh, I wonder what the hell happened to him. And all of a sudden, he's back with you. And Not that I'm unhappy to see you or hear from yeah. you. Yeah, you can just text you say, Guy, call in. Anyway, I think Brian wants to hear so you can sing. Or, I'm sorry, so you can do your Macho Man Randy Savage impersonation, which I feel is better than Emerson. Uh, oh, Emerson has one. Yeah, he does. Yes. Go ahead, Emerson. Yes. It's the most easily in, uh, imitated voice in the in wrestling history. <clears throat> oh yeah, this is the Macho Man Randy Savage, and I'm here to tell you that I'm going to defend the WWF Championship. Yeah. Against the big man, Andre the Giant, yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to beat him by disqualification, yeah. And, yeah. It sounds like he just woke up, but, you know, other than that. <laughs> not bad. Well, not bad at all, no. Go, go on uh, with yours. <clears throat> all right. I'll do a, I'll work it up crescendo. I'll I'll work it up from kind of laid back Macho Man to uh, to uh, loud Macho Man. But give me give me something to talk about or talk to me as Macho Man. So I, you know, I'm not good at the improv as far as what to say. So well, <laughs> well Macho Macho Man, you've got a big title defense here in a few minutes with Andre the Giant here on Saturday night's main event. What are you going to do against the big man? I'm Trino Giant. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. Well, uh, what's a bit... Get over here. Get over here. What's a bit here? Told me she has a thing for Andre the Giant, and I don't like much what she uh, wants to go around Andre's big wiener over there, and I don't much like the competition, and, uh... I don't really like it at all, so um, let's build it. Let's build it. Okay, Andre. Thank you. Uh, why did I think Andre? Andre. Andre. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Randy. <laughs> Retake. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, classic. So, yeah, it's possible uh, that one. Guy, uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you this, guy, but Emerson was a bit more clear than I'm sorry. Uh, it's, I, I, it's okay. I heard we you well. We can't put you on the spot, though. So it's okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let me let me call in a landline and more prepared, and it'll be better. All right. All right good, we'll be buddy. we'll be here till like 11:30. So call whenever you like. Okay. All right. I'll start <laughs> listening now because I had no idea what was going. On. What the hell? Yeah, what the hell? We need right. another listener or two. All right. Talk to you in a All little right. bit. I'll probably call back. All right. All right. We'll be here. Right. We'll probably talk to you in a little bit. Okay. All right.
Bye. All right, so like I was saying when Brian suddenly died earlier, um, you know, Andre tried to kill Mean Gene when Gene mentioned that Andre may be afraid of snakes. Yes, this is true. Uh, That's the first time I did that. I I didn't know I could merge calls, and I just looked at my phone and noticed I could do that. So, yeah, it was nice, you know. You know, one thing I did uh, note that I was very sad about, um, we did, and neither show did we get the Mountain Dew Slam of the Night. I know. I was kind of pissed off about that. Yeah. I was expecting, like, a video package, you know, like a replay, like a so-and-so nope. Slam of the Week. Nope. We got nope. jack shit. Nope. It was just went straight over to uh, whatever was after that commercial. Um Andre got the heat with the only move he can do to get the heat, and that's strangling his opponent with his singlet. Um, yes. And I mean, the man couldn't do much to begin with, but yeah. Uh, and, and you can just tell how much pain he was in just by how he walked. Yeah. Um, oh, God, yeah. I, I, honestly, I, I don't know if I feel worse for him or Kali. Like, you know, Kali is good now because he just stands there and stretches before his non-matches on Raw, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Jake, uh, Jake Roberts slithered to ringside and left a canvas bag under the ring. I was thinking he was going to rob a bank or something, but it just didn't have a giant dollar so. sign on it. Yeah. No, um, no, no. And so the second half of the match was just Bobby walking around the ring trying to find the bag. There's four corners to the ring, and Bobby spent maybe five minutes try and find the damn thing. Every time he'd get every time he'd get close, Randy Savage would run out and chase him away so Bobby would forget what part of the ring he was at. And it's like, really? And He wasn't the brain. Uh, he wasn't he, no. his nickname wasn't the finder, it was the brain for a good reason. Finally uh Heenan got the bag and tried to leave with it, but Jake meandered down and Heenan ran into the ring, which was enough for a disqualification. Which um, puzzles me. Why would they disqualify Andre? Because Did Bobby ran into the ring? Yes. Is that necessary? His man- no. Yes, his, his manager should not be in the ring. But why didn't why didn't they enter, why didn't they disqualify Virgil off when DiBiase was in the ring? Because the he got because the referee was an idiot and rang the bell while Ted DiBiase was still in the uh, ring and beating uh, up well, Hercules. That explains it. Okay. Uh, Good point. Andre Andre got caught in the ropes for a few seconds, just long enough to for Jake to take out Damien, but he did manage to uh, walk away at, if you can even call it walking, uh, before yeah. Jake went after him. I'm trying to think of how many, like, there are, I think, 39 Saturday Night's Main Events. How many of these main events do you think actually ended with a finish? Because most of them are DQ. Probably not many. Like, even when you get to 2000, Yeah, even when we get to 2006 and on, like, I can think of a couple shows that were DQs, DQs, DQs. And <laughs> it's like, why? Why? <sighs> the world so, may never know. Uh, Jim Duggan was uh, getting set for his flag match with Boris Zukov, and during yep. it, he threatened to kick Dino Bravo's ass, which 
which was a great way to build up his flag match with Boris Zukov. Yes. Sad, but true. Uh, so then we got the flag match. Jim Duggan versus Por- Boris Zukov's perfectly round head. It, well, it was pretty. It was pretty perfectly round. I'm not. Was, I don't think it was exactly 360 degrees, but I think if you put, put a compass on there, if you put a compass on his nose, you could have traced a circle right around. <laughs> Possibly. I, I've got a. I've got a very important question. Where is Jim yes, Duggan now, and why isn't he protecting the U.S. against Rusev? I'm sure he'll pop up sometime in this in the Rusev segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the announcer so, somehow did you see, did you oh. see that? Uh, did you see that WWE posted an apology to all to the yes. wrestling? Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, because Big Show pulled down the flag. I mean, I I felt if I was wrestling, I'd feel very discriminated against because Big Show pulled down my flag. Oh yeah. I remember when Batista stuck the flagpole in the ass of Law Resistance. <laughs> I didn't where, where see any apology from. I know. Yeah, where was the apology to Quebec? Uh, oh, you know, you know what Quebec. audio clip I need? Sylvain yeah. Grenier going, come visit the beautiful province of Quebec, and JBL going, I'd rather <laughs> visit hell. <laughs> or, or Taz singing, I'm a French man, I'm a French man. I'm a French man, man. Yes. Um, by, by the way, this is 1988, not 2014. So if you need me to tell you that Jim Duggan and Team USA won the flag match, uh, wrestling was much simpler back then. Yes, much simpler. And and the announcers though did make both men to sound like they were the dumbest people on the face of the earth. Well, the announcing consisted of uh, Jesse Ventura and Vince McMahon. Of course, they would. Uh, up next, we the Brother Love Show with Hulk Hogan. But always... I love you. Sorry. No, you don't. Anyway, Brother Love actually called out Slick. Um, and huh. Slick came out, and then Hogan came out. And you remember uh, when we did the Royal Rumble 1990, on our very first show way back when, uh, when they did the Brother Love show with Sherry and Sapphire, they did the same gimmick here where Brother Love would ask a question to Hogan but then pull the mic away before uh, allowing him to answer. Eventually, this is Hogan, so Hogan just beat the shit out of both of them. Yes, and yes. The I believe he bloodied up Brother Love. How could you tell? I don't know. I, 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 I thought I saw a track hole of blood going down his forehead. I could have been wrong. You thought he was wearing the crimson mask? He might have been. Might have been. Um, the point of this was the last time they were on the Brother Love show, that was when the big boss man debuted and beat the shit out of Hogan with a nightstick. And is that the hell of a way to debut, is to beat the shit out of Hulk Hogan? Yes. I have all the ways to debut. That's one of the big ones. Yes. And then we had a big breaking announcement right here yeah. at, like... I mean, the show went off the air at 1, so this would have been, like... At 12.45 Eastern Time, 12.45 a.m., when this big, giant announcement broke, the fabulous Rougeau brothers have moved to Memphis and are now all American boys. Yes. The the only thing missing was uh, um, they didn't have the music that they had later on. (laughs) 
They're all American boys. Jimbo boys. All American boys. Uh, Rougeau Brothers versus the Young Stallions. There were eight minutes of TV time left, and we were promised three interviews on the show. So this match wasn't going very long. Nope. Nope. Paul Roma and Jim Powers did do the job here uh, to the Rougeaus. Um, Somehow the match being the quickest of the night, it was somehow more competitive than either of the first two matches. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure how the match... I, I knew how the match ended, but don't ask me about what happened in between. Uh, <laughs> All they know yeah. is Jacques, Jacques Rougeau and Owen Hart's favorite wrestler appeared the uh, third of the match. That's about it. Okay. Well, here, here and there were, three in, there were three interviews on the show after the last match. Andre's not afraid of snakes, and Jake should fight like a man. Jake thinks... Uh, uh, Jake cuts a promo about how he won't fight like a man, and Hogan wants to wrestle the boss man. Hmm. Beautiful. Uh, I, I just like that Jake Beautiful. just, like, I'm not going to fight like a man. It's like, okay. Point Is he going to fight like a woman? I guess. By the way, I've been coming up with some, um, I, I am getting really sick and tired of watching Raw on the USA Network. What do you mean? You know, yeah, I, I'm just so fucking sick of it. And I'll go through a few things here that, you know, most people would come up with reasons to why they hate Raw and USA anymore. Um, okay, go ahead. And, and I'll go through a few as we go through. Um, but, you know, a couple of them people would mention maybe John Cena still being the main guy or the Nickelodeon slime coming out of Seth Rollins' Money in the Bank briefcase, uh, the Brie versus Nikki Bella feud, Cameron, Alicia Fox, Eva Marie, and Rosa all wrestling on the same show. Some people bitch about Brock, the champion, never being there, or the constant shilling of 999, or Slater Gator, Adam Rose. No, no, that's not the most annoying part of Raw on the USA Network. You know what the most annoying part of of Raw on the USA Network to me is? What? Those fucking commercials for Chris Lee knows best. Oh my God! Yes, yes, I, I agree have, with you I on have, that one. I have never hated somebody as much as I hate that man. <laughs> and I've never seen those shows for for the sure no. fact that I found all those previews very annoying. No, if, if I have to watch, if I have to watch USA one more time and hear him go, uh, uh, Miley had Billy Ray for daddy. You have Tyler Chrisley. I'm reach you the fucking TV and smack him in the fucking head. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Emerson. Oh, my God, that man is annoying. I uh, not agree with and, you anymore. And it's like, do you know why he's famous, Brian? Like, I, I'm not sure why. I don't know. I never heard of the guy until before this show. Exactly. It's like, no one knows the fucking guy. Um... Apparently he was a millionaire because he ran a chain of uh, retail outlets, and then he went bankrupt. And he's famous for that. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting indeed. I had to get that off uh, my chest. But yeah, no, I can, uh, you and I don't agree on much, but this we do agree on, and we both find this man super annoying. About Todd Chrisley. Yes. 
You know what we can never find super annoying? What? Scott Scott Steiner. Let's play some more Steiner. Oh yes. Yeah, you know one thing. One thing he was always obsessed about was weight. Rick and Scott Steiner, let me welcome you back. OT3D, you guys are out of your mind. Coming to Atlanta, Georgia, the place that the Steiner brothers got their start in professional wrestling. You guys are out of your mind making it a table match. Because tonight, we're going to beat you at your own game. And after it's all said and done, you're going to be taking splinters out of your fat asses all night long because you got some fat asses. The only chance you have, you have no chance, but you had a chance, is that you can run Nicky Split. Because you can't run because you got some fat asses. And after it's done, done, we're going to have a tailgate party for all my freaks out there in Atlanta, Georgia. You wanted some, you got some. This is the big time, boys. You come down that aisle. The Steiner Brothers has got something for you. Who, 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 who? It's a dog pile. They got some fat asses. I guess they do. Uh, hey, Bubba lost a bunch of weight. Well, Devon did too, but uh, his, his isn't as noticeable as Bubba because Bubba was just so. No, no. Yeah. See, Devon was Devon's pretty skinny to begin with, so yeah. But he but wasn't Bubba really right skinny. Yeah, yeah. No, but, but Devon was—you was, can tell. Yeah. All righty. Uh, having a swig of Pepsi here on the air. So Look at man. All right, so we uh, turn the calendar pages. It's January of 1989, taped in December of 88. And, uh, you know, the storylines are pretty much all the same because, you know, all these storylines are starting to build for WrestleMania. And really, except for Hogan and Boss Man, or I guess Hogan and the Twin Towers, it's like everything that was happening now was just sort of planting seeds for WrestleMania. Um, yep, yep. And we start the show, Hair versus Hair, Brutus Beefcake versus Ron Bass. And I had to think about it, Ron Bass, he, this was only his second Saturday Night's Main Event match. He, Do you remember the first one he was in? Um, Was it a squash match with a... Nope. Uh, uh, no, no, I forget. I'm sorry. He was in the Battle Royal that uh, Hercules oh, won. The one that I should have asked you, and you, I, will have got, I will have won. Yep, yep, yep. You know, I would have stumped you for the um, first time instead of just last week. <laughs> uh-huh, where's the mute button? Um, anyway, uh, these two, their rivalry been going since August uh, when Ron Bass had sliced Bruce Beefcake's head open with his spurs before SummerSlam. And so Beefcake didn't get his shot at the IC title that Warrior took. And this was actually the beginning of the end of Bass. I don't know why, but, like, they cut his hair in January, and he was fired before WrestleMania. It's almost it's kind of weird, I guess. It um, is kind of weird. Let's hear. Bass was on his way out. He had a big, bald spot, and Brudai's gimmick was that he was, yeah, he was a barber that cut hair. Who do you think won? Hmm, I'm going to say not round Bass. Nope. Uh, the match was built around Bass actually kept getting visual pinfalls over Beefcake, but wouldn't take the cover. And finally, when he, eventually, yeah, when he eventually did, Beefcake, of course, kicked out, slapped on the sleeper hold, and uh, won the match. 
and cut Bass's hair. Now, here's where my problem with the whole thing was. Uh, Brutus Beefcake spent five minutes cutting Ron Bass's hair. And Ron Bass was unconscious for five minutes. How much brain damage do you suffer by being unconscious for that long? I mean, you're lucky he didn't suffer permanent brain damage by being unconscious it's for that sure. long. Like, where, are the EM- I agree. where are the EMPs wondering what the hell's going on? It's like, maybe that's why he left a couple months later. Like, he didn't have the brain capacity. I mean, whatever happened to Ron Bass? Like, it's not... It's not uh, I do not know. WCW. Exactly. Like, Brutus Beefcake uh-huh. uh, caused severe brain damage with that sleeper. I agree. I could not agree with you anymore. Once again, we agree on something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hogan's got a big match coming up, so he has Randy Savage's manager in his corner, Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, huge match, which requires him to have Miss Elizabeth in his corner. Yep, and this, you know, we talk about planting seeds. This was almost like just dumping the entire bag of seeds into the ground. And yep. And, Ra- and Randy I would Savage love is going to be watching. I would love to be watching what Mean Gene and Macho Man Savage were watching instead of this match. You mean uh, it, while know. while Savage had abducted Mean Gene and brought him into a dark room to force yes. him to watch TV? Yes. yes, I would love to watch that instead of this match. Well, what was this match for everyone who doesn't know? It was Hakeem with Slick and the Big Boss Man. It's Hulk Hogan with Elizabeth. Yes. And <sighs> this was Hulk Hogan versus Big Fat Guy match. He sold, yes. sold, sold some more, made his comeback, and then sold some more. At yes. one point, I wrote, Akeem pulled the referee in the middle of a Hogan sandwich and got disqualified. That's not what happened. Instead, no. Akeem, yeah, the, the referee went out for like almost 10 minutes while... The Twin Towers took turns splashing Hogan, and Savage just stood in the back being confident that Hogan will be okay, and he's not going to run yep. and save the Hulkster. And the Twin Towers nope. just doubled him right through a commercial break. Just Finally, Dave Hebner finally woke up and uh, didn't seem to care that he was pulled in the middle of that sandwich. Of course um, not. But, of course, this is Saturday Night's main event. There cannot be a finish. So Hogan made his comeback, and Bossman hit him with a nightstick, which, after everything else, that was a disqualification. <sighs> at one at one point, Liz tried to run away to get Randy, but Randy's like, "Fuck him!" And <laughs> the highlight of that was seeing Drew tied behind the apron in grill position with Ron Bass's hat on. Yep. Um, and then finally, uh, Savage finally came down when Liz got into the ring and uh, the fat guys walked towards her. And yeah. because they're fat, they, they didn't walk very fast, so Savage just ran down and had no problem catching them. And You know what amazes uh, me the most? Amazes me the most during this match or after match or whatever you want to call it? Boston that has fat Savage too? is running. No, 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 no. That has Savage is running down to. Sprinting down the aisle to beat up Bossman and Akeem with a steel chair, that title belt did not move an inch around his waist. I mean, I how he kept know. that belt around his waist during this entire post-match sprawl, unbelievable. But yeah, he liked 
he was a big fan of his championship belt. And uh, Savage is, uh, was getting angry that Liz kept going to console Hulk and seeing what was wrong with Hulk and uh, not worrying about Randy, the champion. And so finally, everyone's like, oh, well, Mega Powers are good. Okay. <laughs> And then we get the rematch four months in the making. Ultimate Warrior defending the Intercontinental title against Super Ninja 2. No, just, no it was Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> I don't know how Honky Tonk Man felt that Super Ninja got a match for the title before him. Yes. Well, I, I actually was calling bullshit on this. They were how saying that Honky... They said Honky would be the first ever two-time Intercontinental Champion, which is complete bullshit. Three people had already been two-time champion. Do you know who the three people were, Brian? Um, a Savage, I believe, was one of them. Nope. No? Did he win? Nope. Really? He's, really? He's never held the second title. Pedro? Yep, that's one. It wasn't Patterson. Nope. Hmm. Well, it's the '80s, so you only have a finite number of people. I I don't know the I don't know these title histories like you do, Emerson. I apologize. Well, do you, do you give up? Did I stump Brian? And it's not an official stump, Brian. But yeah, sure. Or is it? Seriously? Sure. What the hell? It's stump Brian. Brian. You give up and admit defeat? <laughs> this isn't fair. Why isn't it fair? I don't have I don't have a Mario Paint theme for us today, Brian. So here's your question. Fair. This is not fair. Why isn't it fair? <laughs> because it's not. That, that's the worst reasoning ever. It's not fair because it's not fair. It's not fair. No, no. You're right. Nope. Who are the who are the three two-time Intercontinental Champions at this point, Brian? He got one You're with Pedro. Okay, th- this isn't the fan lot, dumbass. Okay. Right, I'm one with Pedro. Pedro. Okay. Yes. Alright. Alright. Let me think here. Um, obviously, Patterson won it. Was the first champion. He beat whoever in Rio de Janeiro. Is the grueling for me? It's the list. Um, oh dear. I know Tito was a champion back then. Was he a two-time champion? Oh, I know Savage beat him. Um, <sighs> Savage beat him. I think Greg Valentine was somewhere in there, too. If I'm not mistaken, Valentine beat Tito for the title. So I'm going to say Tito Santana, Pedro Morales, and... Hmm. Oh, crap. Crap, 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 crap. There's like eight guys to pick from. Yeah, I know. Some reason Morocco's name keeps popping in my head, but I don't want to say him and look like an idiot and be wrong. But I'm usually, but I'm always an idiot 
and people think I'm an idiot. So I'm going to say Morocco. So Morocco, Pedro Morales, uh-huh. and Tito Santana. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that, that's correct, and yeah. Nice! Really? Yeah. Oh, You're doing a good job of pretending to be shocked by that. I, I am pretty shocked. My little so nice. Uh, so if I... Went into your uh, computer's browsing history. I wouldn't see uh, you have pulled up uh, Wikipedia just now or anything. Nope, you would not actually, Emerson. If you go ahead and look up, look at get my computer right now and look at the browser history, you will not find anything related to Wikipedia. I have my notes up on my computer at the current moment, but yeah, considering I don't have internet access at work, wireless internet access at work. Yeah. By, by the way, uh, what was the uh, high spot of this uh, match? Of Warrior and Honky Tonk Man? Yes. Uh, Warrior hey. go for a splash and Honky Tonk Man getting his knees up? Nope. No? Huh. I don't know what. War- Warrior doing a leapfrog. <laughs> I must have looked away from the computer at that time, because or my phone at that time. Warrior did a leapfrog. Kind of weird. Yeah. Um, and by the way, Warrior did retain the title for all of you biting your fingernails and hoping and praying yes. that uh, he Who retained had to sit the... through a, a non-pre-whatever uh, Stump Brian segment. Uh-huh. Mm. You never know when they could be planned, Brian. No, I could not. Just like right now, you're probably gonna start this the music again for Stump Emerson. Nope, Stump Brian again. Brian. No. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Emerson. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just use that. I'll just keep doing that over and over again all day. <laughs> okay. Um, oh. Red Rooster versus two-time Intercontinental Champion Tito Santana, who not hold on, only... Hold on, hold on, hold on. You did not introduce the Red Rooster the correct way. The undefeated... Despite well, losing at Survivor Series. Despite losing at Survivor Series. Yes. <laughs> Terry Taylor. Um, and This was probably like the weirdest gimmick was the Red Rooster. Like first, yeah, definitely. like the whole point of it was Bobby Heenan found somebody uh, with limited skill and limited speed that he could mold into a champion, and you know T- Taylor was quite good for, you know, you know, you know he wasn't Ric Flair or anything like that, but he was quite good for what he was. Yeah, he wasn't and that bad. So he, first, his gimmick is that he sucks, and Bobby Heenan just has a bet that he could make anybody a champion. And then his gimmick becomes he's an actual honest to goodness rooster once he turns baby face. Yes, yes. But hey, he's got to win at WrestleMania and I don't. This is true. Mm-hmm. This is true. Hey, I was I was time man of the year, so I don't want to hear it. Uh, Heenan was mic'd at ringside, which was just as it sounds. Heenan was had a microphone on, and so you just heard him offering his comments. George Steinbrenner, yes, the New York Yankees. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Steinbrenner was at ringside for some reason. 
I, they never mentioned him before and didn't mention him again. And um, at one point, Bobby asked George what he would do, and Simoner said to fire him. This That's was what not. Did. A, yep, this was not a bad match. It was like they were told to have no. as dull a match as possible. And the whole match, you know, Heenan kept slapping and shoving the rooster, so Rooster would finally <laughs> shove back. And um, Rooster went for the sharpshooter, but got punched in the head and thrown outside. Heenan was like, what the fuck are you doing out here? And threw him back into the ring. <laughs> and Rooster got pinned with a schoolboy. Uh, one of my notes included why this match went past the commercial break. I don't know. <laughs> because the, the other option is Mr. Perfect and Coco Beware goes past the commercial break. Listen, these those two are at least two or WB Hall of Famers. So I must say Tito Tito Santana's a Hall of Famer. Yes, but he was the only one. Bobby Heenan's a Hall of Famer. Jesse Ventura's a Hall of Famer. Howard Finkel's a Hall of Famer. Who actually wrestled in the match. <laughs> I think Mikel Sakuna was... Down, beat down. <laughs> Mikel Sakuna was probably in the building somewhere. He's a Hall of Famer. Oh, God. Where's, how about James Dudley? Vince, Are you done Vince yet? Teachers? No. Oh, come on. Like, we're talking about the WWF Hall of Fame. You really want me to talk about how great it is? <laughs> Mikel Sakuna. Yeah, good point. Mikel Sakuna is in the Hall of Fame, but Randy Savage isn't. No, Coco Beware is the better of the two. <sighs> you don't even know who Mikel Sakuna is. No, who I didn't, no, who is that? He's a jobber from the 70s. Oh, and why is he in the Hall of Fame again? Because he was on Vince McMahon's good list in nineteen in nineteen ninety. That's how he got into the Hall of Fame in the nineties. Hell, Bruno didn't get into last year, Brian. And yeah, like true. Mike Von Erich is in the Hall of Fame before Bruno. Um eh, after the match we got sure. the big we got the big uh Red Rooster babyface turn by the fans shit all over this one. It, like it was it wasn't just like Rooster hit him once and ran away and, you know, was now a babyface. No, Rooster beat him all over the fucking ring, and nobody yeah. gave a shit. Nope. They did yeah. not, no. You are exactly right. It's like, they they couldn't edit it out, or edit part of it out. It's like, he didn't took all these bumps, so damn it, we're keeping it in. And damn it, I wish they didn't. Uh, Mr. Perfect said he makes no mistakes and has a new hold called the Perfect Plex. And he got a chance to use the Perfect Plex on Coco Beware, which I'd like to think, is Coco ever more than a jobber to the stars? Um, He did tag with Owen Hart. Even then, they always lost. Not always. Didn't they have a victory over the Orient Express? No. That At the Rumble the in 92? That was the new foundation. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, okay, that's right. Jim Neidhart was in the big baggy pants. 
And then the show ended, the Mega Powers are a unit. And I wrote, or are they? Bum, bum, bum. And so that was the second show. And we've got one more show to go. But first, we've got some more Scott Steiner to play. <sighs> Where? Need something else to go. There we go. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! No! Shut up, man! You are a redneck! You are a redneck! Yeah, yeah, jump! Get my bridge! Get my bridge! And you shine my shoes if I wanted to! Scott, hey, Scott, can I just get a word with you just for a minute? Is you can get it. You can get my room number if you want, baby. You want to feel like you be a real man, huh? You want to kiss that? Kiss that, baby, huh? Nice. Well, you damn right he's nice. I'm gonna show Kurt Angle that I'm not gonna be nice tonight. Kurt Angle, you're not the American hero. I am. I'm the American hero, and tonight I'm finishing. Listen, listen. I'm doing him and Angle. You're not being too fierce. I'm saying to your dumb redneck ass. I'm hungry. hmm He's hungry. Is my brother still there? Brother of mine, tell me where have you been? You left the podcast and I'll never see you again. Brother of mine. Tell me, where could you be? He's really not here. Hmm. Go figure. So Brian's run away I, from I something. I to use a potty break. Oh, yeah. You, you know, I swear, you can actually tell me, like text me and say, hey, keep talking. And I'll pretend that I'm still here. Just, you know, you can't shut up or something. And it's like, instead, you're just like, just decide to leave on me and, I'm supposed to, like, you're lucky I don't just start hanging up on you and you're not there. But why would you do that, Emerson? I'm always here. Okay, so you're back from the potty, Brian? Yes, I took a potty break. Okay. Good. Because it's that time. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. It's that time of day. It is this time that we wait for every week. The time when Brian over there, my brother, gets his one chance, and one chance only, to finally stop Emerson. Emerson. (laughs) Now, this this is it. Uh, The time when Brian sits here and sifts through hundreds of years of wrestling history. And, you know, Brian will go back and watch some old AWA tapes. He'll go watch some Roy Shire out of San Francisco. He'll watch the Von Erichs. He's world class. And then he'll ask me about the subtitle of The Great American Bash 1996. <laughs> so, Brian, are you ready? Nope. Are you ever ready? Yes, I am. Well, you got to take a big deep breath, Brian. Take a big deep breath. Take a drink of Pepsi or your preferred beverage. And Brian, give me the question that we're all waiting for. Brian, stump Emerson. I would like to point out that you need to drop the finally 
and your opening spiel there, because I did stump you last week. So you should take out the final eight. Because there is a one behind the so many in one. You realize I never attempt to do... Like, I don't write down anything to say during that. I just know when the high points of that song are and make sure to take a breath during them. Well, you need to think of another high point. Or you need to think of something else to say during that high point. Because finally, you you can no longer say... Finally, because the finally can, happened last week. Finally, I can say whatever the hell I want. But go on, Brian. Okay, you ready? I'm right. born ready. Uh, in 1987, WrestleMania three broke the all-time indoor sporting event in North America with the attendance of 93,173. My question for you, Emerson, is does that record still hold true to this day? Or what event holds the record now? Are we talking about wrestling shows? Or are we talking about... Sporting events. No, the University of Michigan does 100,000 people that are football games every week for years. So but that's no. an outdoor sporting event. We're talking about indoor sporting events. Indoor. Indoor. No, the Dallas Cowboys had a game, and I think the NBA All-Star game did 100,000. So, no. And what event holds the record, then? You didn't ask that. You just said, is I it said, does WrestleMania still hold the record, or and what the event no. holds the record now? Fine. Okay. The, what, or what but, event what holds every, the record now? What, what the hell? Would it be... Because I'm pretty sure it was in the fucking Cowboys Stadium, because it was a big smurfing deal when they opened the damn thing. And it does have a roof. Whether or not it retracts or not is, I don't give a shit. Um, let me see here. What year was the NBA All-Star Game in Dallas? <sighs> Going back in my head, I think it was 2010. So I'm pretty confident it's a 2010 NBA All-Star Game. We'll have to think about that. <sighs> Let's see. And by the way... Uh, the actual attendance for WrestleMania 3 was 78,000, but who needs to talk about that, right? Um, yeah, no. Let's see. Okay. I'm just you know, going through everything in my head. Just, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the 2010 NBA All-Star Game. Final answer. Yes. Dear brother, you are wrong for the second consecutive week. How does that well, make you feel? Considering the question that you asked was technically a yes or no question, and then you changed it at the end, um, no, I, did. I feel pretty I said the question yep. at the beginning. Now you said. I said, does the uh, record does the record still hold true, or what event holds the record? So it's either WrestleMania it three or the event. Uh huh. And I said, uh, what, what event? And what is it, smartass? What beat the hundred and ten thousand people at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium? Well, you, you you got the Cowboys Stadium and the game right. You just think it's the year correct. It was twenty ten. It was twenty eleven. I'm pretty sure it was 2010. 
And I'm pretty sure it's 2011. I'm going to look this up. Oh, don't bother. Uh-huh. You need to stop lying. With, a hun- with 108,713, the 2010 NBA All-Star Game at the Cowboys Stadium holds the record. Okay. This is not like the third or fourth time you've done this. It you was pretty impressive, one. though. The record lasted how many years? 33? No. 23? I, I can't. Like, 23? Yeah, 23. By the way, it, it, it never the records. I'm sure there were a number of indoor football games that beat that, but I'm just going to ignore that. Um, okay. By the way, no, it wouldn't have because it would be it would have been beaten by every Dallas Cowboys game that season. Every Dallas Cowboys home game, I'm sure, did more than seventy eight thousand. Well, no, the record is ninety three thousand. The record seventy eight. WrestleMania that, did seventy eight thousand. That's what that's what it said on the pay per view. Uh yeah, and it also said um, that exaggerate the fucking attendance every year. We could sit here and talk about that for hours, but... Let's not. Let's move on. We did our... Yes. So I've got to tell you something about uh, the main event, which was the main event of uh, Mega Powers of Twin Towers. Yeah. Uh, Remember when we started Mm -hmm. doing this a few months ago? Sure. Like a week or or two before we started doing Saturday Night's main event, I watched this show. So like Mm -hmm. literally... I had the entire damn show in my mind. I literally had it on in the background in case there's something I didn't write down, and every note that I put down was already there. So, <laughs> like, here we go. Here we go with the main event I, that I could have, you know, just skipped and not bothered to watch. Um, Mega Powers versus Twin Towers. This was one horrible 22 minutes of wrestling. You could not have said that any better, Emerson. Like, this match was there for one reason, and it was not so they could have a good match. And trust me, I don't think they tried to have a good match. Like, the whole reason for this match was to have people watching for the big angle to build to the main event of WrestleMania, which uh, Savage got sent outside and landed on Liz. And Hogan cared so much about this match that he carried Liz to the back for five minutes. And you know, you know what was going on in the ring that whole time, Brian? What? It was a very long headlock. Why am I not surprised by that statement? Yeah. Like this, because of course we didn't see it. Like instead, we were watching Hogan in the back and the infamous airing out. And I think they edited this off of the network, but in when it really happened. Uh, Hogan, and this is live television on NBC, Hogan uh, asked for a time cue and asked if they were live or not. And that made... Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that was I will have caught that. If, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he literally is kneeling by uh, uh, Liz and talking about how sorry Randy is and asking for a time cue and to be counted down from 10. <laughs> Oh, classic. Yes. Um, And Hogan finally came back to save Randy from the 15-minute headlock. Dreaded headlock. Randy was so pissed that he slapped Hogan, gave him a bitch slap, and walked away. That bitch slap was good. 
that was probably the highlight of the match was the bitch slap. Yeah. Um, Hogan did show his priorities by winning the match first. Um, of course. Of course. Yeah. You got to have your priorities straight in this world, Brian. And Hogan sure. had his. Finish the match. Um, he, yep. Before, Let the team do the job and then go from there. Akeem did the the job on the big show, and he storm Hogan stormed backstage, screaming for Randy. Uh, he found him in the first aid room, and they they like they couldn't have put this room so far away if they tried. It's like nope. during the during the last transmission event when Savage was running out, like the damn room was right next to the curtain. Like this one, it they had the fucking in the middle of nowhere. They had the ER room. They couldn't set up a fake doctor's office next to the curtain, so we'd have to watch Hogan storm through the building. It um, was a drama. It was all about. It was all about the drama, and it was on TNT. <laughs> TNT. 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 No drama. Savage did accuse Hogan of being jealous and showing eyes for Elizabeth. Hogan. Who would have eyes for Elizabeth? She was an attractive lass. Yes, she was. Savage laid out Hogan. Talk into the phone, Brian. I said, even all those years, even the later years of the WCW era. Savage then cemented his heel turn after laying out Hogan with the title belt by throwing Elizabeth specifically across the room, but he also threw across the room Brutus Beefcake and Pat Patterson. Yes. Pat Paris making another segment or making another name drop on this lovely show of ours this evening. Yes. Sam Patterson. Uh, uh, you know, that, like, the show was an hour long. I think that took about 50 minutes of the whole show was yeah. that match and the post-match. And, hey, it that was what everyone was going to watch for, so what the hell, right? Mm. Um. Speaking of things that we're not going to watch for, Ted DiBiase versus Hercules. And we were told that Hogan's current mental state disallowed him from doing an interview. Uh, Herc took most of the match. Joey Morella is one shitty referee. Well, yeah. Herc had the match won with the torture rack. He had Ted DiBiase up there in the torture rack. DiBiase is submitting... And Joey Morello just walks right by them and walks over to the corner because there's a chain on the turnbuckle. Seconds uh, later, Joey Morello is one shitty referee. You are right. Seconds later, Ted won with the roll-up and a handful of tights. Uh, I, I, believe Hercules, I believe Hercules left his uh, equipment at home somewhere, his tights, because it looked like he had Duggan's tights on for the match. They're the classic black Duggan tights. blue tights on. Wow. Um, so Hercules would use this loss to springboard himself into the opener of WrestleMania Five, losing to King Haku. Hey, at least he had a match on WrestleMania Five. Give the man credit. As it as it Ted DiBiase, who had a double countout with Brutus Beefcake. Yeah, but it's DiBiase. He wants main eventing the WrestleMania 4 to double count out with Drew Tie. 
happened. It's not that much to brag about because Fuji uh, wrestled at WrestleMania 5, as did Heenan. This is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, Hogan's mental state was good enough that we could film him mumbling Randy over and over again and screaming jealous and screaming Randy and screaming jealous and Randy and jealous and Randy and finally Let's Hogan okay went out. In there. Yes. Finally, he left the first aid room where the Hart Foundation and the Rockers are all just standing around dressed to wrestle and so Hogan <laughs> beat most of them up. Well, that's yeah, why. The only the, the only person he didn't beat up was Marty Jannetty, who, you know, the cokehead, who was probably strung out of his mind. Probably. That's probably a good bet. Safe bet to say. And that was the show. Absolutely sucked, but it had the memorable angle <laughs> to lead to the... to a WrestleMania that drew the most amount of money that WWE ever did for another nine years, I believe until the boom came back in 98. Hmm. Yeah. So overall, what are your thoughts on the three shows we watched tonight, Brian? Eh, eh, All right. So I'm not yet going to play the audio clip I've saved for you. Instead, I have one more Scott Steiner audio clip. Oh, man. What can be better than yep. Scott Steiner clip? Yep, but then we're going to go down the Bound for Glory match card before playing the uh, uh, car- before playing the audio drop for you. That I know, like, I can't wait for you to hear it. But first, Scott Steiner doing ring announcing on TNA. Scott. Trash and Rednecks! The following contest is a non-titles knockout handicap match! for one fall. What that mean is for on one. <laughs> Introducing first. What do you think about that? So Joe, so Joe, Bolt, Rush, Ever Slap Randy. How am I supposed to know what their names are? <laughs> you got three <laughs> and a TNA knockout champion. <laughs> Awesome! Kong! The group known as... Confucius! Uh, I believe that's Contourage. Contourage right there. Here they come. Their opponent! Representing the DNA front line! Coming to a truck stop near you! One of the nastiest bitches in wrestling history! One dirty bitch, ODB! Next match is going to be a meat grinder because the two referees have no chances because they're a bunch of candy asses. Introducing first, Rudy Charles. And the next victim is Andrew Thomas. Both have first names. I have no idea why. Victims, guinea pigs. Come on down! That opponent! Representing the main event mafia! One of the former five world champions from Houston, Texas! The TNA Legends Champion! Give it up! 
announcing. I, you know, I, I said earlier in, in the telecast is that Penzer's out of a job. I think so, too. He's a little weasel. You've definitely got legs in this business. Uh, I'll tell you a story walking, bitch. I'm thinking, Sorry, rednecks and white trash. This next match is scheduled for one fall. The stipulation is Petey Williams must have one arm tied behind his back. Introducing first. making the threats. This fat son of a bitch has <laughs> challenged all of us, has been world champions before, been in this business 15, 20 years, and this fat son of a bitch is going to call us all out. Calm down, calm down, okay? He's fat! I, I'm going to... I don't care if he does. I'll make him bleed. Huh. <laughs> they are fat. Yes. Yes, they are. All right, that's Bound that's for Glory. Bitch. Bound for Glory, which is the show that's going to get slaughtered, going head to head with Podzilla, October twelfth. Podzilla, Podzilla, Podzilla. Yes, Brian, do you want to hear the lineup for TNA's ahead, biggest Emerson. show of the year? It uh, is the you know, biggest better... show of the year. Go for it. Okay, the main event of Bound for Glory, and this is the tenth Bound for Glory. What was the main event of the 10th WrestleMania, Brian? I believe it was a double main event with uh, Owen, no, it was Luger versus uh, Yokozuna to start off with, and then later on it was Brett versus Yokozuna. Exactly. It was some memorable yeah. shit. Brett winning the title for the second time. And in comparison, the 10th Bound for Glory, the main event, will be a tag Team match player as former NWA champion, the great Muta, teams with former WWE cruiserweight champion, Tajiri, to battle former TNA world champion, James Storm, and former TNA X division champion, the great Sonata. Beautiful. 
that is the, that is the main event. The main selling point of Bound for Glory is Great Muda and Tajiri versus James Storm and Great Sonata. Strings tears my eyes knowing that our Podzilla, hands down, will be awesome. Well, we got we got an interesting uh, matchup next. Samoa Joe, Low Key, and Kaz Hayashi. In the U.S., it's being billed as an X-Division title match. In Japan, because Joe has already lost the title, and Japan doesn't deal with the shenanigans, uh, mm. the title belt, they are not announcing in Japan it is a title match. Um, so it can go a couple different ways. Either Joe can win the match, even though he's already lost the title, or Loki could win the title that he's not supposed to win for another six weeks. <laughs> Classic again. This is TNA for you. And speaking of another, like, this is fucking TNA in a nutshell, especially up next. Like, if that's not bad enough, Joe Loki versus Kazayashi, and who knows if it's an excision title match or not. Next up, third match from the top, Team 3D versus Tommy Dreamer and Abyss. Hmm. Now, I don't want to spoil things for everybody, but next Wednesday night on Impact, the last Impact before Bound for Glory, they do the Full Metal Mayhem match with the Wolves, the Hardys, and Team 3D for the tag titles that the Wolves win. And the original plan was this was going to be Team 3D versus the Wolves for the tag titles, but because the Wolves have already lost the titles when James Storm cashes in EC3's Feaster Fired Case, and EC3 lost to Gunner, and Gunner, at some mythical, magical point, lost to James Storm. Uh, Storm cashes in Feaster Fired and wins the tag titles from the Wolves. So they can't announce this as a tag title match, and the Wolves went from being on the show and wrestling in Japan to not being on the show at all. Nope, nope. You know what, this tag team match reminds me of the great tag team match wrestling and between the Heavenly Bodies bodies and the Bushwhackers. Yes, uh, and this match will be, in my mind, just as big of a deal. Just as big of a deal, yes, um, you are exactly right. And then speaking of EC3, he's going to go one-on-one with Ryoto Hama, who is five foot seven inches tall and 450 pounds. Hmm. So this match will be compared to Adam Bomb versus Earthquake, then. Yes, there, there you go. Okay. And then, okay. well, like, I can't wait to hear how you compare this next one. MVP, <laughs> MVP versus Sakamoto, who, yes, this is the same Sakamoto who used to get beaten up by Tensai every week on Raw. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm going to compare this to Bam Bam and Luna versus Doink and Dink minus Luna and Dink. What? Like, how is that a comparison? Like, I figured, like, you'd say, like, a lunch or blaze. Sit down, Doink. I figured, like, a lunch Yes, I heard you the first time. I don't have you on repeat. Okay. I figured it was like Alundra Blaze versus Leilani Kai or something. Ah, uh, I almost went Savage versus Crush, but yeah. 
Well, Manic versus Minoru Tanaka, which in theory should be a good match. Okay, so that'd be like Zermo versus Shawn Michaels. And then the match that, and there's a backstory as to why this is happening. Havoc versus Velvet Sky. Hum. And literally the the only reason why they're having that match is because fans in Japan complained that it was not a women's match on the show. Mm -hmm. And a a TNA show has women's matches and they wanted a TNA show. So of all the people they could have wrestling, they could send to Japan, they could send Gail Kim and Angelina Love and... For the life of me, I think those are the only two they have left that are any good. But nope, we're getting Havoc versus Velvet Sky. <laughs> well, then, unfortunately, I'll have to compare this match to Alundra Blaze versus Leilon and Kai because, yeah. We're, we're, we're not even going to get Brooke Tessmacher's ass, which, by the way, you can see Brooke's ass every Friday night on The Amazing Race. Yes. Very nice ass. Oh boy, that is quite the ass. Yes. So that's Bound for Glory, Brian. That's the show that TNA has decided is going to go head to head with Podzilla on Zilla. October 12th. Yes. When we have Stevie J and we have R.D. Reynolds, and we're going to have one other big guest that we're going to announce next week. And yes. they're going to give us this. You know, it's like it's almost like shooting shooting at ducks in a barrel. Couldn't agree with you anymore. Been right. one hell of a so, time. So Brian, and, and are you ready? Not, and we're still not gonna and we're still not gonna say who's gonna sing the national anthem before the show. That's oh, yeah, probably yeah, the biggest got, surprise of them all. We've got to even yeah. mention that. Oh yeah, I mean I, I don't wanna leave that out. We will no, have somebody no. that Somebody will kick off the show singing the the American National Anthem. Not the Canadian National Anthem. Nope. Not the Russian nope. National Anthem. Nope. Not the Japanese National Anthem. I know. The, I know for a fact the person who sings the National Anthem is a loyal listener to this show, and I'm sure this person feels very disappointed that it took us this long to plug this person's appearance oh. singing the National Anthem. Do, do you think... Do you think this person knows all the words to the national anthem? I hope so, or else this person would not be sing would not probably agree not to do the national anthem. Let's hope not. Actually, I no. I, I I I think like if this person screwed up the national anthem, I just play that uh, the clip of them screwing it up over and over again for the next year. <laughs> that would but probably be a highlight the, of the evening. Yes. Yeah, that's just me though. Um, so we Brian, are you ready? Getting drunk during this? No, sadly, that's we're gonna do that over New Year's when we tape our oh. New Year's show. Oh dear God! <laughs> so, so Brian, are, are, are I you would ready? I would not be able to do it. I would not be able to do a live show on New Year's Eve. So we're both on the same page right now. Okay, dude, I'm. I'm you think I've gotten so little of a life that I'm gonna fucking sit here on New Year's Eve and tape this fucking show? I know. Like, Uh, Blog Talk Radio will burn in hell before I'm sitting here on New Year's Eve doing this fucking show. 
We should do a uh, pre-recorded show. Get what drunk the fuck do you think we're going? Show, and then post that at midnight on New Year's Eve. No, we're going to do the show like we normally do, but we're going to tape it in advance. Like we're going to do... I don't, actually, I don't know about Christmas Eve yet, because... Do mean, you want to know the sad thing? Do you know what, what day New Year's Eve is? Wednesday. I know. <laughs> it is a Wednesday, yes. I Trust me, I, I, I know these things. That was Christmas uh, Eve. That was Thanksgiving yeah, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yep, nope, nope. Yeah. We should do a Black Friday episode. Why? Shits and giggles. I could I could sit out in front of a store and bring you play by play of all the people being the shit out of each other. To be the first one Why? in line for whatever so, entertainment purposes. So, so not only are we going to do a show on Black Friday, we're gonna do a show at four in the morning on Friday morning. Be classic. No, it really wouldn't. It, I'd be like, who the fuck is listening to this show at four in the morning? <laughs> I never get it for Black Friday. I always go for the noon, the twelve o'clock deal. Uh, all right, oh, there are you ready? Black Friday anymore? <laughs> it's African American Friday, first of all. And, and, and the biggest question is, why the fuck are we talking about Christmas before the greatest holiday ever happens? My thirtieth birthday. That's not a holiday. I'm talking about Halloween. It's a holiday to me. Well, so is my birthday, but yeah. I'm talking about Halloween. No, your, your birthday is not a holiday to me. Fine. Uh, but by the way, you won't offend me with cash. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So are are you ready for the big audio piece of audio I've got? I... I found this. Well, actually, I didn't find it. I had to do a little bit of manipulating on YouTube myself last Thursday, and I spent six days get ready to play this for you, because I'm like, I am i can't wait to play this for Brian. <sighs> Are you ready, Brian? Yes. Are you afraid? No, I'm petrified. I was like, maybe you should be afraid. Here we go. <laughs> I'm waiting on Kevin Nash. Kevin <laughs> Nash, hey, um, yeah, why did you go out there and help Big Papa Pump? And you are who? I'm Pamela Palsak, the new interviewer at WCW. So answer the question. Single? <laughs> Could you answer a question, please? The thing is this. Russo, it's real simple tonight, all right? I'm an easy man to find. If you guys want this belt... All you got to do, how about this? Let's make a deal. A match tonight. Jeff Jarrett, you win, you go home the champ. I kick your ass, I'm the champ. Wow. Okay. (sighs) (laughs) I take it that's when Pamela finally found Kevin Nash. Yep. A week later. I'm waiting on Kevin Nash. <laughs> Still waiting. Uh, yeah. And bring us to the question, I, what would have happened if Kevin Nash did not show up? Yeah. Uh, to, to this day, Brian and I will entertain ourselves for hours thinking of how WCW could still be in business to this day if they just had Pamela Paulshock in a dark arena standing backstage waiting for Kevin Nash. Yeah. And then, 
then we could go back like months later to that same arena and like Pamela's still standing there waiting for Kevin to show up and like Nash just like walks behind her or something and <laughs> like turns behind her. Dun 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 I'm waiting on Kevin Nash. Kevin <laughs> Nash. That was part of it too. It's like it's like she's like the worst interviewer of all time. So of course I they don't put remember her. her. The only interview I remember her, well, attempted an interview was this one. I don't remember her interviewing anyone else. It's like, it's like I, I just love the voice inflections. Kevin Nash. <laughs> so um, yeah. Why would you do that? Why would you save Big Papa Pump? <laughs> like what the fuck? It's me, Kevin Nash. And Nash is like, you can tell exasperated. He's like, listen. It's like, he's thinking, good God, this place has gone to hell. Of course. Uh, but you want to something that never happened in WCW, but did happen in TNA? What? But he was abducted by ninjas! Ninjas! Call the cops! There are ninjas kidnapping people on TV! The cops! Did no one get a license plate? Do nin- ninjas kidnapping TV! Oh, that never happened on Nitro. You are exactly right, that it never did. Fat Samoans did not get, uh, Kidnapped on TNT. Or Was TV there many yet. Samoans in WCW though? Well, they had the Samoan SWAT team in like 1989, but yeah. you know, really that was it. Like Vince was the one who really loved the Samoans. Vince well, yeah, most of them did do go, go there. Vince loves Samoans and he loves hillbillies. This is true. Hillbilly Jim, smoking guns. Smoking guns weren't hillbillies, they were cowboys. The Godwin hillbilly. No, they're not. Okay, Godwin. Okay, Godwin, sorry. Uh Uh-huh. Uncle Elmer, Cousin Junior. Like, WWE and their hillbillies. That that should be on (laughs) the network. That should be the new Legends house. Got all the hillbillies and all the, uh, what's Macaulay? Samoans under one roof. The new Legends house. Hillbillies versus Samoans. That'll be Survivor next year. (laughs) I was just going to say, WWE can do a Survivor with the hillbillies and Samoans. Survivor. Hillbillies versus Samoans. (laughs) By the way, I've got a channel... I actually wrote down a little ditty about uh, listening to our shows, and then I never got to say it at the beginning, so I'm going to say it now. Okay. Yes, it, it took it took me 24 episodes to finally write something down. <clears throat> Tonight's episode and past episodes of the Wrestling Outsiders podcast are available on demand on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, and subscribing to our RSS feed. Short and to the point. Beautiful. It's beautiful. I thought... I thought so, too. And, Brian, we've gone for an hour and 33 minutes. Huh. I, 
some great times, great memories from this episode. I think that's it. Do you have anything else Are to you say? Sure. Brian? Say goodbye, Brian. Um, goodbye, Brian. <laughs> uh huh. All right. Get out of here, people. Stop listening. Get out. I just take a stop. Why are you still listening? Why not? Shut up. No. Yes. Bye.